bless you, Jesus. Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. You're listening to Sunday Morning Live, and this segment is called Inside the Pages. 
Uh, this is our Tuesday night Bible study. And on Sunday at 8 a.m., we have our morning worship. We're journeying through the book of Ezekiel. I want to invite you to uh, connectingtruth.org. You can click on God on, on Demand for an archive of the messages that have been taught uh, from the book of Acts as well as the book of Ezekiel. Uh, this is Pastor Carl Henderson, and my prayer is that something is said that will encourage you and enhance your walk with Christ. We're going to go before the Lord in a word of prayer, and then we're going to have another selection uh, and a, a few testimonies of what God has done uh, in the lives of the believers. Uh, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. Father, we pray and ask that you will go before us to this evening. Lord God, bless each one under the sound of my voice. Lord, bless the, the listeners, Lord God, near and far. Father, we pray and ask that you would meet their need. Lord God, have your way, Lord Jesus. Lord God, uh, uh, they didn't drive this far for nothing. They didn't tune in, Lord God, for no reason, Lord, but to hear from you. Lord, I pray that you would bless me to decrease and that you would increase. Lord God, let bless your people, Lord. Lord, bless, you know, the physical conditions, mental, Lord, whether there be sickness, Lord God, ask that you would heal uh, those that are sick in their body, Lord God, and give guidance and understanding in situations where it is needed, Lord. Lord, you have the words of wisdom and knowledge, Lord God. Lord, and we look to you as the author and finisher of our faith. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Bless you, Jesus. Amen. We're going to have another selection coming and then we're going to have a testimony then the word of god the bible says that we overcome by the words of our testimony bless your name jesus
Amen. God bless you. This is holy ground and we should bow down unto the Lord. Amen. Before we go into the word of God, I want to ask for a few testimonies of what God has done. Amen. And I want to make sure that everyone can hear you, so please use the microphone. And so let's give a testimony or two of what God has done for you. Bless you, Jesus. Amen. God bless you. It's, it's nice to know and to come into realization that without God, as the songwriter said, without him, I would be nothing. Amen. All right. Well, we thank God for, uh, for those that didn't testify. Amen. I'm a firm believer that God is worthy to receive glory and honor. We hold back our voice and for it to give praise unto him and what he has done. You never know when that voice is going to be needed. So you should give God honor and glory while you can. While you can. Uh, the Bible tell us that the whole purpose of the church is, is his name is to be honored and glorified. Amen. And so we should do just that. But one thing that we will not do and that is prolong the service any longer, we're going to go into the word of God, into the book of Ezekiel, the first chapter. Thank you for your expressions and, and testimony and uh, certainly it is not and will not go unnoticed because God has written it. it. He has written it. And so we thank God for his diligence. Uh, how many know there is a book of remembrance? There is a book of remembrance. What do you want God to remember about you? What do you want him to remember about you? We're coming off of a fast where we've been uh, throughout the month of February. And so I'm asking everyone um, uh, tonight uh, to pick a day to fast on because we want to continue the fasting and prayer. And so I'll revisit that again uh, later on. But pick a day uh, that you are willing to fast and to pray and to seek God. Uh, we're living in some terrible times of deceit, uh, terrible times where the enemy is, is is running rapid, but where there's more sin, there is more grace. That is the word of God. 
in the book of Ezekiel, uh, the first chapter, uh, verse 1 through 10, uh, we're dealing with the four faces, one direction, uh, where Ezekiel um, had a vision from the Lord. The Bible said, now it came to pass in the 13th year, in the fourth, uh, fourth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river of Chabar, that the heavens were open and I saw visions of God. In the fifth day of the month, which was the fifth year of King Jehoiakim's captivity, the word of the Lord came expressly unto Ezekiel the priest, the son of Buzzah, in the land of the Chaldeans by the river of Chabar, and the hand of the Lord was there upon him. And I saw and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north, a great cloud and a fire enfolding itself and a brightness was about it. And out of the mist thereof as the color of amber and out of the mist of the fire. Also out of the mist thereof came the likeness of four living creatures. And this was their appearance. They had the likeness of man and everyone had four faces and everyone had four wings. And their feet were straight feet, and the soles of their feet was like the soles of calves feet, and they sparkled like the color of varnished brass. And they had the hands of a man under their wings on their four sides, and they four had faces in their wings. Their wings were joined one to another. They turned not whether they went. They went every one straight forward. As of or as for the likeness of their faces, they four had the face of a man, the face of a lion, and the face on the right side, and they four had the face of an ox on the left side. They four also had the face of an eagle. Again, the thought is one face, four faces, one direction, and tonight we're talking about the ox. There are three things that solidified Ezekiel's call to ministry. And we were talking about ministry earlier uh, today. Uh, everyone uh, is not a minister. There are different, uh, different gifts that God has given. Uh, I often hear people talk about pastorialship because it looks glamorous, uh, but they're the gift of helps. There's the gift of teaching, the gift of evangelism, the gift of knowledge, the gift of wisdom, the the gift of healing. There are numerous gifts that are yet not talked about uh, because it doesn't have the same recognition. Um, the recognition that Ezekiel is about to receive, because uh, he was already a minister, is a commissioning to go forth and to preach a message about repentance, a message that was not going to be easily received. We look at the minister and we hear them, they, they preach uh, sometimes messages that seem very dynamic, very profound. But if there's no repentance, if there's no deliverance, then what did the message do? Was the message from the Lord? It doesn't mean that it wasn't because there was no repentance. It doesn't mean that it wasn't because there was no deliverance. Ezekiel is about to find this out. There are three things that solidified Ezekiel's call to ministry. The heavens were open and he saw visions of God. The word of the Lord came expressly, specific, deliberate, was clear. 
the hand of the Lord was there upon him. The message was clear and concise. The message was simple. I am the Lord, your God. I am the Lord, your God. This is the message. This is the message to everyone that is under the sound of my voice. God is saying, and he sent the same message to Israel. I am the Lord, your God. Ezekiel knew that he was about to embark on something that he was not really willing to go and do. Ezekiel said the likeness of their faces, the face of a man, the face of a lion, the face of an ox and the face of an eagle. These seraphims are seen interacting. He saw them interacting with God in an unimaginable or on an unimaginable level and surely awesomely intimidated or intimidating in their presence. The Bible says in the second chapter, he said, uh, unto me, son of man, stand up on thy feet, which means he had passed out. He had fallen down because of the sight in which he had seen. And I will speak unto thee. And the spirit entered into me when he spake unto me and set me up on my feet that I heard him that spake unto me. Visions and encounters with the Lord are very humbling. If you ever had a dream, a vision, the Lord speak to you or use you. you know, it is very humbling. It doesn't make you feel like, wow, I've arrived. It makes you feel very humble. It melts you like butter in a hot skillet. It brings you to a certain reality that you're nothing and God is everything. It brings you to a place and a position that causes you to bend your knees no matter where you are. You could be driving down the street and when and when you realize what had transpired and, and how the Lord may have used you to reach somebody, it will cause you to stop your vehicle and just break down with gratitude and unworthiness that the Lord used you, that the Lord decided to that you became his tool, his instrument at that moment. Visions. And encounters with the Lord are very humbling and they can be very uh, dreadful. They can also be very encouraging. People meet athletes and actors and singers and uh, those that they look upon as being something, even eye candy. And they fall all apart. They willing to just humble themselves and just yield. Them. But what about unto the Lord? Are we willing to do the same for him? There are those that have uh, came into or claimed to have had experiences like Ezekiel, that they encountered, had a dream or had a vision, that they saw something of God. However, the vision and the dream did not bring about a life changing experience. When you have an encounter with God, it will change your life. You won't be the same again. You're not going to go back and do the same thing that you were doing over and over again. It doesn't mean that over time that if you force the issue that you won't, if you force the issue long enough, you'll find yourself doing the things that are outside the will of God, even though you had an encounter with him. Bless your Lord. Uh, Saul had an encounter with God. 
Saul met the prophet of God. God spoke to him, told him where to find his father's ass, because uh, that's what he's looking for him and his servant. They were looking for the, the asses that were lost. And the Lord spoke and told them and prophesied it to him and told and blessed him. And he became uh, the king of Israel only to mess it up. So an encounter with God is not doesn't mean that that everything remains the same or or everything is going to remain good unless you force that issue. In other words, I'm not for God. I live and for God. I die. I'm not going to change that. I'm not going to take down from that. It doesn't mean that I won't stumble and fall. The Bible said if a, a righteous man should fall seven times, God will raise them back up. So it means that that you are can make mistakes. You can. But. It's usually a life changing experience. Ezekiel had a life changing experience. Isaiah six, one through eight. It says in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and his train filled the temple above it stood the seraphims each one had six wings with twain he covered his face and with twain he covered his feet and with twain he did fly and one cried unto another and said holy 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 is the lord of hosts the whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried and the house was filled with smoke. The angelic being that was saying holy unto the Lord said it with such conviction, such awesomeness that it trembled. It caused the entire house to vibrate. It caused the house to move. Uh, that's why when we worship the Lord, we should move. We should be compelled, not because someone is saying, come on and worship the Lord. I don't believe in, in forcing nobody to do that. I don't believe in forcing nobody to testify and tell of God's goodness. If God's been good to you, you should have something to say. If God has been, if God has blessed you, you should have something to say. If, when the singer is up singing, uh, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Uh, we should be willing to stand without anyone asking us to because God has been so good. Uh, let it let it become a situation where you can't break, can't, can't give him breath to praise. Let it become a situation where you can't stand up and praise him. You'll beg God to heal your body. You'll talk to him then. But it should never come down to that because we should be willing participants as uh, everyone that was in the house when the uh, when they were crying one to another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The post moved. The voice of him that cried and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips. He encountered his encounter with the Lord caused him to say that he uh, to become concerned with his lifestyle to be concerned with the lifestyle of them that he was hanging around, to be concerned with those that he encountered himself. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm undone. I'm not complete. I don't feel good about, about being here right now, about what I'm seeing, because I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. 
his confession, he began to confess his fault. When we're in the presence of the Lord, we ought to confess our faults. Uh, we should not hold back and say, I've not done anything wrong. Where I, uh, The Bible tells us that Daniel was praying and that Daniel sought the Lord with fasting and prayer. And Daniel said, we have sinned against you. With prayer and supplication, he began to cry out for the sins of the nation and himself. The Bible tells us that he had such a good reputation, and I'm paraphrasing this, uh, that he had such a good reputation with the Lord that the Lord said, if, 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 if Daniel stood before me, I would still not spare those people. Even if Daniel was standing here to cry out on their behalf, if he had such a good reputation with the Lord. And I, I, you know, if you want a good reputation with the Lord, it's going to require something. And that is a commitment unto him. The Bible says then one of the seraphims, Isaiah, one of the seraphims uh, flew unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from with the tongue from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thy iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. When we confess our faults, when we realize that we are in the presence of God, sin can be removed. When we realize that we are having an encounter with the Lord, then God is able to purge us from all iniquity. It doesn't matter what we've done, where we've been. It doesn't matter how we've acted. When God comes in, everything else has got to go. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Isaiah said, here am I, send me. Isaiah opened his mouth up after he had been purged, after his sins had been remitted and said, Lord, here I am. Use me, Lord. I wonder if we have that in our heart this evening to say, Lord, use me. I want to be used by God. I want the Lord to uh, use me as his, as his vessel. Use me as his tool. Use me as his instrument. Use me, Lord. God didn't uh, look at Isaiah and say, well, you had unclean lips. I can't use you. He didn't tell him that your sins had to be purged. I can't use you. But he was a willing participant with the Lord and the Lord was willing to use him. Ezekiel was already involved in ministry. However, he needed to be compelled to go, to get out, to get out of his comfort zone. Sometimes we need to be compelled. God will do the compelling. I pray that God does the compelling to get you out of your comfort zone and into his will. What you want to hear from God, yet the life that we need to live and the things that need to be done provides a compelling message. It was a message for people that needed to be compelled to do what was right. A message for people that needed to bring to revive hope. To be sent or compelled is to go on a mission that has an attachment from God. It's not a glamorous mission, uh, but it is a spirit filled mission. It is one that will reconcile men back to God. God is concerned about reconciliation. He's concerned about a relationship with him. Uh, that's why uh, he uh, died up on the cross for us. Uh, Acts, uh, I believe it's Acts 10 and 30. 
that God shed his blood for us. Ezekiel's assignment is, is not clear at this moment. When he received his calling, it was not clear what uh, exactly what needed to be done. Uh, but it was the beginning of things to come. Please understand that the call doesn't mean everything will instantly be revealed and fall into place. It will take time. Ezekiel's message was bittersweet. You have to deal with the not so good to get to the good. You have to discipline yourself to become better. You have to go, let go and, and go and let go of certain ideologies to accomplish the particular goal that God has in mind. Bad habits never produce good fruit and greatness doesn't come without a sacrifice. Now, uh, most of the time we refer to uh, the messenger as a prophet, even when they, like Ezekiel, are on the evangelistic field. Ezekiel was a minister. He would, used to be in the temple, but now he was being sent on the evangelistic field, meaning that the responsibility is to await both the believer and the unbeliever. Uh, are you woke tonight? Uh, are you a believer or an unbeliever? You can answer that for yourself within yourself. Uh, the action, or as they would say, the proof is in the pudding by what you do. Uh, you can say, I believe, but if you're not acting like a believer, then you are an unbeliever. Uh, you can say that I'm an unbeliever, but uh, maybe you're doing the things that a believer would do. But let me identify and make something perfectly clear this evening. The Bible said the devil believes and he trembles. So he believes and he trembles because he fears God. Do you fear God this evening? Uh, I'm not talking about a fear that uh, make you run from him, but to run to him. A fear that causes you to reverence him. Uh, Ezekiel's job was to uh, wake the people up to convict them of sin, to lead the backslider to repentance, and to encourage faith and a renewed faith in God, to break the bondage of sin. All of these things are relevant even today. Uh, people uh, need to be convicted of their sins. And I don't mean beating nobody down with a hammer. I don't mean beating them up. I just mean making the truth plain so that they can make a well-informed decision that what they're doing is not right and that God will convict them and cause sin. It is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance, uh, to lead the backslider of those that once knew the Lord and became transgressors back to God. God is concerned about the backslider. There's nobody that has fallen too low that cannot be recovered. There's nobody that has stepped out the will of God that is so bad that God is not concerned about them. Encourage faith and the faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God and a renewed faith in God, because sometimes the faith starts to slip. Sometimes we feel that, well, maybe it's not gonna happen. It seemed like it's too late. It seemed like it's just not gonna work out. But a renewed faith in God says, yes, it will, that God is still able, that I've just got to meet God at that right time, that right point, that I'll reap in due time if I don't faint. And to break the bondage of sin. Sin is like wearing handcuffs. It's like having on bracelets. It's like a ball and chain. It wears you down. It holds you back. It arrests you and places you in a cage where you are not free. But God has sent the messenger and sends his word to break the bondage of sin. But we talked about the four faces of man. We've talked about the, uh, the face of the line. We talked about the, uh, the message uh, to retrieve uh, and where it can be retrieved from. 
uh, the face of the ox is what we're talking about tonight. The ox is a load-bearing animal that is used for pulling. It is used for plowing. It is used for working hard and to make things happen. Uh, you don't want the ox to faint or to die because it's a large animal. And it's an animal that if it was running wild would do a lot of damage. But it is harnessed by a yoke about its neck. And the Bible says that it is a very important uh, beast. It is a very important uh, tool to have on your side. It goes as far as to say uh, not to muzzle the ox when he tread out the corn. Uh, the reason you don't want to stop the ox from eating is because it allows uh, the ox to work while it eats. It allows the ox to, to work hard and to work long. It allows the ox to gain, regain its strength from plowing through the field. Uh, you need to understand that the, that the plow is yet going through the field. Mm -hmm. uh, it is yet plowing even this evening. Uh, the, it represents the fact that a bull and other animals were used to sacrifice for sin. Only certain clean land animals were allowed for sacrifice. An ox or a cattle or sheep or goat. Uh, these animals had clothes in their split hooves and chewed the cud. And there were those that was able only to use doves or, or pigeon uh, without blemish because they did not have the money to, uh, to purchase an ox or sheep or something larger. The ox is still plowing today. It is still being used uh, uh, in a sacrificial way. Every time the minister lays his hand to the gospel plow, he is sacrificing himself to plow the field. Uh, the field is the hearts of men, the heart of every woman, the heart of every boy, the heart of every child uh, is a field. <coughs> it is yet being plowed uh, by the ox. And, and so the Bible tells the minister, it said, uh, no man having uh, put his hand on the plow and, uh, and look back is fit for the kingdom. So it's a job that sacrifices your life. It's a God, it's a job that takes hold of you 100%. When you take it seriously, because uh, God is serious about the job that needs to be done. God is serious about the souls that need to be saved. God is serious about the principle of the gospel that need to be upheld with a standard. Uh, the standard of the church does not come down because the standard of the world does. Uh, but the bar remains uh, where God sets it at, and that is holy. Uh, the Bible said, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. You can't be uh, anything in any way and do it your way and please God. But we've got to do it God's way. The ox represents the gospel, not just any message, but the unadulterated truth of the everlasting gospel. The same everlasting gospel than which uh, John saw flying in the midst of heaven, having the gospel to preach to them that dwell upon the earth. The gospel is not going anywhere. Even in the last day, I don't care if you if you fall dead right now, you ought to remember something about the gospel. If you drop dead right now and everything else is means nothing, the gospel is going to mean everything. Bless your Lord God. The Bible said heaven and earth would pass away, but the word of God will stand. The word of God is going to stand when the name of Jesus is gone. Uh, let me say that again. The name of Jesus is not always going to be here. But there's a name that, that, that only those that make it in will know. There's a name that only those that, that are saved is going to receive. Bless your Jesus. The name of Jesus is a name that is used for salvation 
at during the time, this time, the dispensation of grace. But there will be a day, there will be a time that the name of Jesus is not used. Let me go back to, to a, a temporary assignment. If you were to leave here today and your temporary assignment is over, unless you called upon the name, unless you applied the name of Jesus in your life while you were alive, it will be no use to you when you step out of time into eternity. If the name of Jesus was not applied in your life while you were on your temporary assignment, when your temporary assignment ends and you step into eternity, the name of Jesus will not be of any use to you at that moment. This is the day of salvation. This is the time that we have to do what needs to be done. The same gospel that says at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. This is the same gospel in which Ezekiel was going to the people to preach to them about him being Lord. The Lord wanted Israel to know and understand that you turn your back. You went to false gods. You went to wood. You went to parsley. You went to concrete. You went to dirt. You went to something that your own hands made and bowed down and began to pray. You hid behind a wall thinking that nobody would see you, not realizing or remembering, because see, the enemy will block your mind. Hmm. The enemy will block your mind and try or make you think that God is not in tune with you will try to make you think or fool you, deceive you, and you walk around in deception thinking, well, God don't see me. God don't hear me. God's not listening to me. He didn't see what I did. Ah, oh, no, no, he was too big. Uh, no, no, it blocked your mind. The Israelites fell into this trap that they believed that God did not see them, was not listening to them, and they hid themselves to do secret things. And they claim that God, Ezekiel saw it all because God told him, go over there. Mm, listen to this. God told his minister, go where to look. Told him to drill a hole in this wall. Look through it and see not only what they're doing, but listen to their thoughts. You need to understand that God uses his men. And we're talking about deliverance. We're not talking about beating nobody down. We're not talking about hurting nobody. We're talking about deliverance because God wanted the people to know and understand that he was Lord. You need to understand that he's Lord and you need to treat him as he is sovereign. You need to treat him that he not like your best friend, not like uh, any relationship that you've ever had, but you need to treat him as being God, as being creator, as being savior, which means that he sees and knows everything. So what he does is that he sends the minister. He sends the minister into your business. How does he do that? He does that through dreams. He does that through visions. He does that through direction. I walked past somebody in the store one day excuse me, not in the store, on the job. I walked past them on the job, told them that they had just told a major lie. Now, I did not use those words, 
but they understood what I was saying. They followed me for, for nearly two weeks trying to figure out how did I know that. I was not trying to expose that. It was just something that slipped out that God wanted them to know. God will just send a word that identifies when he does it on his terms. It is not something that's not a hocus pocus. It is not something that we just do all of. It is something that God sees as significant at that moment. And in order to make the Bible, we've been dealing with the book of Acts, signs and wonders. Ezekiel was full of signs and wonders as well. For the unbeliever, these signs shall follow them that believe. Hmm. Ezekiel was privileged to see the seraphims. He's plowing now. He's plowing. He was privileged to see the seraphim with the human face, with the face of a lion, and with the face of an ox. He was privileged to see God's concern about humanity. He was privileged to see God's concern about the position that they once held. Now, you'll have to go back into the archives and listen to the message to understand what I'm talking about. Uh, to see the position that they once healed. And now he's dealing with the plowing, the gospel, the, the sacrifice that is to be made for them. Even though the sacrifice uh, was made before the foundation of the world, uh, that's what John saw, the lamb that had been slain before the foundation of the world, God was concerned with the plowing and the presentation of the gospel. The desire of the people and the message to be placed upon the table of their heart. And now the fullness of time has come. The fullness of time came. We're living in the dispensation of grace. The gospel is yet being plowed. Bless your Lord. Hebrews 9 and 11 said, but Christ being come as a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and of calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ash of heifer sprinkled, sparkled, excuse me, yes, sprinkling the unclean, or sprinkling the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Are you serving? the living God today? Are you serving him? Are you serving him? If it's a struggle in your life to say yes to that, then that means something to be worked on. That means we're talking about prayer. Earlier I said that we need to continue with prayer and fasting. When was the last time you fasted? The last time you prayed to seek him, the Bible says some things come through prayer and fasting. In other words, consecrate yourself, separate yourself, turn things off, turn 
stuff down, get away from it and just have some me time with God. When was the last time outside of service that it was me time? You know, I'm just going to spend some time with the Lord. I'm just going to sit down and meditate on him. Uh, I'm talking about God time. I'm talking about time where you do it the right way. I'm seeking God in prayer. I'm not afraid to call upon him. Bless you, Lord. Amen. Thank God for his word. And, and I pray that something has been said to, to bless you. Amen. At this time, we're going into an altar call. A singer is coming back. Bless you, Lord God. But certainly, what you need is of God. Man can fulfill only so much. And what man feels is his is only for the flesh. But what about your spirit? What about your soul? My soul needs to be anchored in the Lord. Your soul needs to be anchored in the Lord. There are a lot of theologies. There's a lot of philosophies that exist. There's a lot of things. But what about your soul? Is your soul anchored in the Lord? Is it anchored this evening? Amen. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. If you, you need prayer, then let's stand. Bless you, Lord God. Those that are listening, again, thank God. I want to encourage you that if you, whatever your needs are, you can email it to us at, at sml at connectingtruth.org. You can text us um, and we'll have someone to reach back out to you as well. On, and so even on our Tuesday nights, our Bible class, uh, our service uh, unto the Lord, that we're going to open that up where it's interactive, where if you have a question that you would like answered, if you text it to us, we'll do our best to answer it. Um, at the same time in the, the service, you'll get a response. Certainly, this is about soul saving. This is a soul saving station. And so we take this very seriously as unto the Lord.
Bless your name, Jesus. Bless your Lord God. Why does mighty God, let's thank God. God bless you. God bless you. Before we go, amen, before we, we close out this evening, just thank God because God deserves to be praised a lot. Ah, hey, glory. Bless your name, Jesus. God deserves to be praised daily. He deserves that. Mighty God, God bless you. He deserves to be praised daily. He deserves to be received glory and glorified. We don't praise God enough. We don't. And, and, and let, let every, every tongue, every man be a lie, but God be the truth. God deserves to be, he's God, he's sovereign. Why would we not give him praise and glory? God bless you. God bless you, brother. God bless you, uh, sister. And amen. Don't stop praising God. Don't stop praising him for, for nothing. Don't stop praising. No matter, I don't, no matter what you might go through, whatever you might be dealing with, if it brings tears to your eyes, don't you stop giving God praise. Don't you stop. It don't matter what the situation is. Don't you stop giving God glory and honor. That's your that nothing else matters. My last breath. Should be giving God praise. Give God glory, give him the honor that is deserved unto him. Amen. I, I, I it, we are it, I, I we've come to the end of the service, but I am just not ready to go. But we'll be back again on Sunday morning at eight o'clock to worship and magnify God. Amen. Uh, and to give him uh, uh, not just on Sunday morning, but uh, throughout the rest of this week uh, to praise God. God bless you. God bless you, brother. Amen. And uh, let's continue to pray for one another. And uh, again, we're asking for fast days. Who will fast on Monday? Put your hand up. Tuesday, just one one day. You gonna fast on Tuesdays? My hand is up. I'll be fasting on Tuesday, Wednesday. Wednesday. God bless you. Thursday. Friday. Amen. God bless you. Amen. I'm not pushing for Saturday and Sunday. That's your day. But the days that you're occupied while you fast. Hold on to those fast days. I'm going to be praying with you. We are going to touch and agree. Amen. And God is going to bless. My prayer is that God bless you with peace, dreams, visions, and what is needed while you go to work every day. God can bless you with knowledge, as he did Daniel, that he gave him wisdom and understanding that others did not have. And, and so that is my prayer because I know he's able to do it as he has done it for me. And again, this is Pastor Carl Henderson with Cornerstone Apostolic Church at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. God bless you. Hope to see you soon, if not on air, not physically, but on air. Amen.